Welcome to episode 141. Today we're talking about what is next. How do our churches bounce back in this next season of ministry? How do we renew, rebrand, reposition for the sake of the gospel? That's today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 141 of The Reclaimed Leader, helping you lead change without losing your roots. I am Jason Tucker here with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? I'm doing pretty well, Jason. I, I wonder if we need to rebrand our podcast how to survive change without losing your sanity. <laughs> That's right. Is That's that, right. I don't know. I mean, we talk about leading change. I don't know that we're the ones doing the leading of the change right now, but change is happening. And we want to do that in a, in a way that we are able to navigate through to something potentially even better on the far side. Uh, we have lots of big questions. We're yeah, adaptive change. I don't know, but you know, let's work on it together. And we're just trying to make our way through without losing our roots, without losing sight of who Jesus is and uh, how God is committed to his mission in the local church. And so we want to keep moving forward. And Jason and I were talking right before we hit record about just, we feel like we're all kind of, we've just been talking about how overwhelming it is and hard it is. And and it's all of those things, uh, the whole situation that we find ourselves in in 2020. But how do we how do we take the next step forward? How do we get some resiliency? How do we get some wind back in our sails? So we're going to talk about a few things related to that today. And I don't know if we're trying to talk ourselves into that, Jason, like, come on, we got this, but maybe that's a little bit of what we need. We kind of need a pep talk. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly what I needed this week. And I stumbled upon a, a resource and it really fired me up and it felt like I really needed that, that juice to reawaken me for the mission, which sounds, I even hate saying that because why wouldn't I always be awake to the mission? But I think it's been, as we've been talking over the last few weeks, it's like, you know, we're, we're just trying to survive change, you know, not, <laughs> not lead change. You know, I'm just like, you know, leading from behind on this one. But it does feel like now, you know, it's it's time to start thinking about what's it going to look like for us to bounce back? What's What am I going to wish I did as a leader during this time when this is all over? What will I wish? I don't want to have the kind of regrets where I'm just like, you know what? Man, that would have been a great time for us to do this. Now, I understand that I only have so much energy. I'm not superhuman. And the drain, the emotional drain, the spiritual drain, all of that is real. But I also find that once I start looking towards something, it it does something in me. It's it forces me to look ahead and it opens me up to new and better possibilities. And that gives me strength and it gives me joy and it gives me a, a renewed urgency and sense of call. And so I just want to talk a little bit about that today because I think it's really important we start thinking that way. It because I wonder, I don't it's important that we're going to take take time, right? Take your vacations. We've been talking about take your days off, all of that. But it's not just about a break. It's about inspiration as well. 
Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, we just haven't felt all that inspired. <laughs> and I think it translates to what we're doing might not be all that inspiring. Yeah, sure. And, and I think you're onto something. There's, there is, we do need breaks. Like we need our days off. We need time to just decompress. And we also need to get away in the kind of way that brings some renewed energy, focus, vision, all of those things. And every, you know, we're all wired differently. So the way that works for each of us is probably different. But I do think when you're able to step away for a little bit uh, and take, take a breath, uh, maybe uh, read a little bit, get, get your eyes out off of your project onto, you know, some things going on somewhere else. And it, yeah, you start to get a little bit of that, that flame of vision or, uh, you know, desire kind of starts to to come back and you want to go, okay, we can, we can do this. Let's go. So, so this is almost like the halftime talk. I don't know if we're halfway through Jason, if we're, you know, we're in the locker room, we're halfway through the pandemic or I, I don't know, maybe it's going to be longer, but this is like, this is the, you know, the halftime talk to get us ready for that. You know, we're, we're like the Buffalo bills playing the Houston Oilers. We're down 35 to three at halftime. <laughs> I'm like, what's going to happen. Nice. I love it. So I want to focus the conversation really around what inspired this for me, and that was the work of a church in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's a mega church out there called Crossroads, and um, Pastor Brian is the lead pastor. I actually reached out to him this morning to see if he'd be on the podcast. I think I just want to ask him more about what Crossroads Church is doing, and it's funny how I found this. So um, yes, good things can happen on Twitter. I saw a <laughs> I saw a tweet from Ed Stetzer that was. Uh, pointing pointing to this church and how he thought it was interesting what they were doing as far as worship and how this might kind of look like worship going forward as we continue reimagining online ministry. And I took a look at it and I was just so engaged. I found it incredibly engaging. And you know, as pastors, Jesse, it gets harder and harder for us to feel engaged, let alone the people who come to our churches, especially online, right? And we talked a little bit about this last week that a lot of people aren't feeling all that engaged right now. It's summer. They were stuck inside. They're kind of over the online experience in some ways. And I found this really engaging. And what they did was they they took this time to kind of reimagine what their services look like online. It looks a lot more like an episode. It's kind of episodic feeling. It's got uh, a lot of different parts to it on the same theme. But it's also like some of the sermon is the sermon shot on location. Some of it's, you know, while he's, uh, you know, water skiing and another part of it. And he's talking about his whole lesson and it, it works. It sounds kind of goofy, but it really works. And the whole idea is to live the adventurous life, that the Christian life is adventurous. And it looks like they rebranded their whole church around this. And what, what I really want to point to, and I want to give everyone the resource here, it's, um, crossroads.net crossroads.net um is how you get to their website church out of cincinnati and they've integrated it looks like spiritual formation into their online platform in a really cool way so they have this series going on on living the adventure and then they call their their staff guides like we're we're outfitting the journey we're outfitters it's your journey to take but we are your spiritual outfitters for it and they go through this a whole intro about how the great expeditions that have happened in history, how they all relied on outfitters to give them what they needed for the journey. They guided them, but they didn't do the journey for them. And I feel like that is at the beating heart of church renewal. Yeah. 
And so I want to focus a little bit about that, um, kind of based on some of those things that I saw. What does it look like during this time when we're thinking about a bounce back? I think we're looking at renewal. And how do we, how do we get renewal? Obviously, the Holy Spirit's work in all of us. But what can we do as a church to help inspire people toward renewal? I think maybe it's a time for thinking about rebranding who we are and what we're for. How do we communicate that well? And repositioning our organization to better, to look more like the missional community that we're supposed to be. I, I was really fired up after watching this, and uh, if you can't tell, but I, but I do think it, it hit a note for me that yes, this is the right lane for what's next. Yeah. So it's something kind of hits, struck you at the core and said, this is, this is a good time as hard as it is to kind of be thinking some thoughts about what, what is the path forward for us and to get inspired by somebody else's work. I think it's, it's like a good sermon, right? I don't know about you, Jason, but when I listen to somebody else preach, I I'm with them for five, seven minutes in and they're, when they hit on something, all of a sudden I'm writing my own sermon in my head for the next time I preach. And, And that's a compliment, right? It's, it is, it's inspiring me to, to work on my work and, and to grow in that way. So I think when we see something like this out there, and I encourage you guys to go check out the, the resource center, the, the church that Jason's talking about here, but it, that it kind of kickstarts something in us, right? It kind of yeah. gets the juices flowing. So I love it, man. So let's just kind of, you want to kind of dive into these three topics and just kind of see where yeah. the conversation goes? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I think I want to start with, the idea of renewal as it pertains to coming out of this season of shutdown. Spiritual renewal is always a partnership, right? It's, and it takes us as church leaders helping to point the way to Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the one who does the renewal, right? But we are always pointing the way. It's a partnership. So how do we point the way to Jesus well to remind people that, that deep sadness or that deep anxiety, that deep pain that they're feeling, there is someone who can, who can heal those things, and that someone is Jesus. And it's easy to forget, and maybe we've talked about it the same way for too long. Maybe we need to freshen up how we talk about it, but think about those old tent revivals, right? What's that all about? It's about getting people into a new experience where they can come in contact with the gospel. And so how do we have an online tent revival, so to speak? Or how do we do that as a church? I I think it takes some creative juice, right? But it's also about getting back to what matters most. And I know it's easy for me to drift away from what matters most. Not that I don't talk about the gospel, but I'm not always as focused about it as I am when I'm being really intentional. Does that make sense? Totally does. Yeah. And I think sometimes the gospel, when things are, when the waters are smooth, you know, the gospel can become an idea when the waters are rough. And, you know, I think that's when the one who calms the storm, actually we go, Oh, I need that in my life. And so I feel like that's kind of, we go through seasons where the gospel, we know it, it matters. Our sin is forgiven. We have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, it's amazing good news, but the rubber meets the road in a crisis or in a time of change in a way that maybe it, it doesn't in other times. And so I think you're right that, that renewal is going to come around when we point each other back to the, to the core of our, our life in Christ. And it's a, it's an important time for that. This is when we've, 
we get to see that our, our faith is, is meets a real time and a real place in a real way. So I do think there's something about coming back that there's, the gospel is always relevant, but in particular in the stormy waters, it, 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 I don't know. It just resonates maybe in a way that is different than other times. And I was reminded of the power of, of the language that our faith is an adventure hmm. that we are meant to experience. I think, I think there's something, there's something to that that's always resonated deep within me, but I think just being on this side of the church, right, the uh, behind the curtain of of running the church organization, my sense of adventure needs a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> I I think um, I have a very heightened sense of risk, but I don't always have a heightened sense of adventure. And I think there's something lost as a result that Jesus called us to follow, not just to go through kind of like a prepackaged experience and that the real, the best things of life have been the things that have made me a little more uncomfortable than I would like. They're the things that cause me really to trust when I don't see another way or to shoot for something that I normally wouldn't shoot for. And I feel like for our folks, at least I'll speak for my people here in the church, I feel like they're dying for adventure. Even, even in all the weirdness of this time and the anxiety, they're dying to feel like what they're doing is an experience worth their time that has, you know, infinite, you know, results or, or inf- uh, leaves a wake that goes into eternity, that what they do matters for the kingdom of God. And it's an adventure to be lived. I just think that's really good and really important for our folks to be reminded of. Yeah. And for us too. I, I, I wonder too, when we're thinking about renewal for our congregations and for, you know, the people in our, our churches, that renewal needs to be in us too. That needs to be part of our experience, being renewed in our own life and faith and relationship with Christ. And um, I think there's, for me, that's an invigorating thought too, that I can experience sort of that the joy of, of that relationship and the, and sort of the adventure of faith. And what does that mean for me just as a follower of Jesus myself and how that will then, I believe will translate and spill over into the way that I lead uh, others into that too. So w- the church needs renewal. We as leaders and pastors, you know, we, we need renewal. And uh, I just, I, yeah, I like it. I'm glad we started there. Yeah. So then what does that mean for the organization? So obviously this church is very, um, outward focused. It's very focused on the non-church person. And, and so in a lot of ways that works. So how do we translate that into church world where most of us, we lead mainline denominational churches? How do we translate that? And does it translate well? I actually think it translates very well. I think it resonates with everybody. Um, I do think the challenge is how do you, how do you kind of reposition yourself or to educate people to see the church as, as we've talked about before, as you know, we've seen in, you know, the missional church is missional outpost or spiritual guide, spiritual outfitter for the journey. How do you help people make that switch or make that distinction between church as sort of like the, where is the destination <laughs> instead of the journey? 
And, um, and I think there's some life in there that I, that I just want to dig into over the next few weeks with my congregation. Yeah, I think the, the ownership piece is huge, right? We're not here to live your faith for you or to um, tell you how to do it in a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven step process and then you're finished. Like, that's not, that's not it, right? You know, we're here to help facilitate. As, as those who are called into vocational ministry, we're here to facilitate a life, a growing life in faith and relationship with Christ that impacts the world in each person and together in our community. And so I think there's something freeing about that for me too, as a, as someone who works in the church is like, yeah, I'm, I'm not just producing a commodity to be consumed by Christians. And then they go, Oh, that was nice. Good sermon. And then we move on. No, this is re- How do I help you take your next step? And then the one after that, you know, all that kind of language. And what I hear you saying is there's what you noticed was an outward oriented uh, focus that that's really the sort of the frontier, if you will, that's where the adventure is to be found. And, um, and that's risky for some of our folks, but maybe it's the invigoration we need. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's it starts with, I was just thinking about this, of a question to ask my my congregation is, when was the last time you did something that scared you to death for the sake of Jesus? Because our default position is, I'm going to do everything safe that I can because <laughs> I don't like being uncomfortable. When was the last time we really did something that made us feel uncomfortable. It's like the first time I'm seven years old. I just finished swimming lessons for the summer and I, and I decide I'm going to go off the high dive and I climb up that thing. And I thought about backing out. I started to back out and there were about four kids in line climbing up behind me. So I knew I couldn't. And I jumped and it was so terrifying. And then, you know what happens? Yeah. It's so exhilarating. You get right back on the ladder because you want to do it again. There's something like that in our faith. There's a muscle that we need to exercise. We need to go off the high dive a couple of times. Yeah. And whatever that looks like for our churches, I think that that's the kind of thing that people rally around. That's the kind of thing that excites and inspires people to faith. And I know yeah. that, you know, gosh, theologically, we all want us to have the same answer, right? Jesus should be enough to excite everybody. Uh, the presentation of the gospel should be enough. The wanting to live the Christian life should be enough. I get it, but it's not because we're a bunch of sinners. So how do we, how can we find ways to help people rally around what matters most? And I think, or, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Or just to clarify that in a, in a fresh way, that's like compelling and, and gets people to, to start moving. But, you know, I, I, so yeah, Jesus doesn't change. That's, that's not what you're saying at all here. Um, but the opportunity to invite people in kind of a, a reinvigorated way to follow, I think that's, that's part of our job. That's part of the translation of the gospel into our congregations, into our culture. Yeah. So right now, for example, our church, Tower Hill, our experience, our online experience, we've continued to approve it every week. I mean, I'm really I'm very thankful where we are from where we started. We came a long way during this lockdown. That being said, and we talked about this last week, our number one demographic of people who view our service live is 65 and older. That's the largest percentage of people who watch live. And that's great. I'm like, I'm glad we're reaching them, but it makes me wonder about all the people that we're not reaching. And what's it going to look like for us moving forward to continue to engage those younger demographics? And I think part of the answer is this integrated online experience that's part 
content in part spiritual formation strategy that we ask people to to jump in. You know, Jesus called them to follow, not just to, you know, sign up for a program. So how do we how do we do that well? I think for me is the next big question for how we integrate online ministry and physical ministry. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, so what are the next steps? I mean, we've it's so funny. I was kind of reflecting on this in the message last Sunday was, you know, we've tried to be active in our waiting, you know, kind of trying to stay proactive as a congregation. But most of that has looked like either, uh, you know, doing a food drive or raising funds. Those have been our two primary steps in the midst of the lockdown is, well, as Presbyterians is kind of what we're good at, right? We, we can throw some money towards, uh, you know, a nonprofit or a local organization or help people in need. And we can, we, those are great, but from a, how do I, how, how in a well-rounded whole kind of way am I growing as a follower of Jesus? And that's where I feel like we could use some, some really good strategic thinking for how does our online strategy help people do that? Providing Bible study resources, group resources. I, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think are the next areas for exploration. What is the path that people can follow in this virtual time that may be with us in, in some sort of hybrid way for, from now on? And as I'm thinking about the path, we've used that language for a couple of years, but I'm going to be totally honest. I don't think it's been super effective and I hate to say it, but I don't think it's been super effective. And maybe now is exactly the push that I need with the, with the team to think about what would be more effective. You know, I think in a lot of ways, ours is a hybrid of what we've seen in churches all over about next steps language, which isn't bad. But it also, I don't know that it's really hitting people in the heart. I don't know that we're getting a lot of spiritual movement based on how we've identified the path. So I think that's an open, I don't have an answer, but I think that's, that's the kind of thing to talk about rebranding, repositioning, mm-hmm. rethinking that I don't want to let this time go and not have given that some thought. Yeah. So let's, you want to talk, where, where do you want to go next? So we talked about renewal. What's, what's kind of the next spot that you want to go to? Yeah. Rebranding. Okay. And I think that's changing. How are you messaging the people that you're trying to reach, whether it's yeah. church people and non-church people? Yeah. And I think, you know, just to be clear, when we're talking about rebranding, we know that's a product thing and, you know, whatever. The point here is what, what I think, Jason, you're getting at when we use that terminology, what we're talking about is, sort of the language of mobilization that we've used might have run out of steam and we need to, to rethink the way that we're talking about our vision and mission so that it, it kind of compels people again, or it, at the very least gets our hearts going again. So this, this idea of rebranding is just, what is the messaging going to be now? How are we going to talk about our life and faith together now and the things that God wants us to be about now? What, what is the language? What's the terminology? What are the values? How are we going to articulate all of that? so that we can be on the same page, moving in the same direction, all the, all the things that we want to be about. So when we use the words rebranding, we're not talking about the swag in the, you know, the fellowship area that <laughs> somebody can buy. Like yeah, maybe right. that, maybe that happens too uh, around it, some new language, but that's, it's, it's not about a, a product in that sense. It's, it's about um, the language, the, the sort of the, the ideas that are going to drive us forward into a new season of in our life together as a church. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And just thinking about what's the language that we use to 
to draw people in, to help them understand clearly, to identify who they are in Christ and who they want to be in Christ and how to get there. Um, you know, classical spiritual formation language in a way that makes sense to where people are now. Totally. And, and giving them, you know, calls to action that, that they can take. You know, hey, it's your adventure to live. Here's your first leg of the journey. Go for it. Yeah. And I think the thing that we're saying here, sometimes our language gets stale or people have heard it before. And so, you know, it kind of, the message ends up getting lost in the, I think, I assume I know what you're going to say. We noticed for a while there, we were saying, um, and mostly it was me, I would say something like, you know, we want to go deeper with Jesus, reach wider with his love. We're not here to play church or go through the motions. That's not what we're after. We're here to be mobilized, to take steps. And, you know, some of that kind of movement language. And then we would always talk about, and if you're not sure about Jesus yet, we're so glad you're here. You know, we hope you feel permission to be here without anybody looking down on you or judging you. It's a great place to wrestle and grow and get to know who Jesus is and what Jesus means for your life. That same paragraph I probably said a hundred times in the last couple of years. Right. And, yeah. and, and there's, I love it. I, that's, it just kind of pours out of me. It's, it, it resonates with me. But what, what we started to notice is that people were really engaged around that language when we first were using that kind of terminology. But I think everybody's sort of like, Oh, okay. There's Jesse's speech again at the end, at the beginning of the, Message and it just needs to be refreshed. The the con I mean the the concept isn't wrong. It's just that there there needs to be some re-energizing around that with some some new language that maybe captures people's imaginations again. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And to John Hambrick's point, who we had on here early on the podcast, um, you know, in his book, he talked about church is the is the halftime speech. It's yeah. not the game. Yeah. So, it's so what do half halftime speeches inspire? Right. So that's if we're get them charged they've up. They've heard right? the same phrases over and over again. And, you know, it's just thinking about how we talk about our vision and stuff here at, at Tower Hill. I mean, it's got to change because it's putting me to sleep. And that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> and if it's putting you to sleep and it's just going through the motions, if we really are just saying what we always say in some sort of variation of it, yeah, we got to get our act together. And I do think that was from Move Toward the Mess or Moving Toward the Mess, yep. I think, John yep. Hamburg's book. So good. He talks about the church is the locker room, you know, in some ways. And this is the place to get people charged up so we get back out there on the field and play the game. You know, it's kind of the illustration he had in, in, in one of the illustrations in his book. But um, yeah, so what is the language we're going to do to get our, our team, our people, uh, even ourselves, motivated for this new moment in time. And I think then the next step is to, is to have conversations with people who you trust. You can kind of bring in on the conversation and not, don't make the mistake. You know, if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, that's me. Yes. I'm, I, that's what I need to do. Don't just like go off on a retreat, dream everything up and implement it without telling anybody, you know, it's, it's time to have conversations with people who will, by the way, most likely make it better. Yeah. Because they're going to be thinking of things or then they're going to get inspired. And all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of people who have ownership of this new thing you're trying to create. And then it, it makes rebranding and repositioning possible. Totally does. And at one of the scariest moments for me as a leader is when we, um, we did a mission study. This is about six years ago at Marine View. And I had some language and things that I wanted to have be a part of that. And man, I was so nervous to let go of sort of the creative process around that but in the right people's hands together in community, it became something so much better. Right. And that's, I think as leaders, sometimes we want to hold on uh, to that control a little bit, especially when we're going to be the ones leading the charge. 
on the messaging. And so it does need to be stuff that kind of naturally spills out of us and makes sense with who we are and the way we're wired to lead and speak and things like that. But when it's a collective that comes up with that, um, we're going to see a lot more windows and angles into that, um, into the possibilities for that language, I think. So I think you're, you're right. Do it in a group setting. Maybe you do go off on your own and kind of get the ball rolling. You know, I, I do think people look to us for that, but then you got to make it a bigger conversation than just uh, one, one person alone in a room. And because I think the crisis is going to allow us to reposition in a way, or it's going to push us to reposition in a way that we're going to find incredibly invigorating, satisfying. And we're going to be like, why didn't we do this earlier? Case in point, here in New Jersey, restaurants, right? Every restaurant figured out a way to have outdoor dining. And the funny thing is, what I'm hearing from a lot of these business owners is, is the same thing. Why didn't we do this before? This is great. People love it. Why? Because it wasn't safe. We didn't know exactly how it was going to work. We didn't have a systems in place. We didn't have everything mapped out and figured out. And so we never did it and we never would have. But now here's this opportunity that made us do it. If we were to survive, we had to make ourselves relevant to the community to come and to patronize our restaurant. And it's the best thing we ever did. And I feel like this is that moment for the church and I don't want to miss it. I don't yeah. want to miss what this is yeah. pushing us to do. Yeah, and this is what, you know, all this change management stuff is about. Disruption leads to the possibility for innovation, right? We've said that kind of stuff over and over again. And I think, I don't know, I hope that you're feeling this way. I sense this in you and me a little bit, Jason, that we're kind of, something happened in the last couple of weeks where we felt like we were hitting the wall and I don't know if there's a way forward for me. Like yeah. I, you and I both kind of had this experience of just going, I'm just done. And now I, I, I feel some forward momentum again. I don't know. Um, I, it just seems like that's happening for you. Maybe it's happening for you know, our listeners out there too. But if that's you, and, or if you're not quite there yet, I hope that will come, that you get to this moment of, okay, we got this. Let's keep moving forward and uh, start to start to live that adventure again and see, see where it takes us. And to have that same experience, hopefully, as those restaurant owners where we're like, why weren't we doing this before? This is great. Right. And then, you know, down the road, it'll be whatever next thing happens. But right now, that's I love that image. I think that's a good one. And I think it's really it's all the same church revitalization stuff we've been talking about for a couple of years. You know, it's really getting to how what does the gospel have to say for this moment for these people? For such a time as this. And you feel, I feel like the half light's a lot shorter though now. Yeah. It, it's the like turnarounds quick, yeah. man. It's just like it's in the con in the midst of the uncertainty. I mean, we're in this cycle of uncertainty that makes makes it particularly challenging. So it's not to diminish the challenge that's really and maybe we'll be back, be back on here next week and be like, just kidding, our halftime speech didn't work. We're up against the wall again. <laughs> but I don't know, because things change so quickly um now. But um, yeah, I, I think there's a fresh, there's an opportunity to to revitalize around this moment. And uh, as hard as it is, and as unsure as we are about what the specifics will be, not only in our language, but also in our strategy. Now, I think that's, I think that's where the, at least for me, the vision language stuff, I'm kind of get excited about. And then I start thinking about strategic implementation. And you're talking about, you know, on their website, and, and you know, their web strategy is really great in their social media, you know, and I start to go, 
man, that sounds like a lot of work that I'm not sure I know how to do or we even have anybody for it. So, you know, I think though, it comes all the way around to that. We've said this over and over again, you particularly, Jason, that when you know sort of what you're after, what the vision is, the why, or, you know, however you want to phrase that, the how and the what, they're going to come. We're going to get there on on the to-do list of how to, you know, make those things happen. But sometimes we need to just kind of step back and go, okay, what are we going to be about right now? What's our motivation right now? Yeah. And it's important for me to say, I don't want to do what Crossroads is doing online. Totally. But I want to do exactly their why behind it. I want to do exactly that. How can we position ourselves better to be more engaging, to be more, to be more missional is, is really what it's at. How do we, because I think that's the best thing for our church people. The best thing to do is to get them excited about mission. That causes church people to grow like no other. And I think it's easy to not focus on that, to, to focus more on maintenance than mission. Yeah. And I, that's just the default. That's just where all the gravitational pull is, especially now when I'm worried about our people or especially our older people who I haven't seen in a few months and are they okay? And my messaging is a lot more um, pastoral care than it is mission. And I'm just sensing maybe that was right for that season, but now I'm sensing it's time to, it's time to really ratchet up. Yeah. I, I think it's some of both, right? It's like, we're going to be okay. Cause God holds us in his hand. Right. And, yeah. and look what we can do, you know, let's be strong and courageous, you know, looking at um, some of the sort of the, the people who stepped out in faith, you know, down in scripture to kind of inspire us. And, you know, what did you, so we quoted, there's Joshua, right? Be strong and courageous. You already mentioned Esther for such a time as this, you know, let's, you know, how do we get some um, excitement around who we are now and what, what's possible uh, now? And, and I think some of those, those stories kind of are resonating with me. You know, I, I was just reading back in Joshua when, you know, God says, be strong and courageous, you know, I'm going to go before you into this land and you're going to lead these people. I'll be with you as just as I was with Moses. And then there's this line right before the people cross into uh, the promised land, across the Jordan, the flood state, it's that flood stage and they're getting ready to cross and uh, the Ark of the Covenant's going before them. And uh, this line that I just hadn't noticed before, but just resonated with me in this moment, says, I'm going to lead you to a place you've never been before. I'm going before you to a place you've never been before as they're crossing the Jordan into the promised land. And I go, that's, that's, we've never been this way before. And so we do need God to go before us and lead us. And we need to also be the kind of people who listen to God's voice and hear that, get that language that's going to lead our people to a place where they've never been before, that we've never been before as a congregation, because none of us have ever been in this moment before, you know? And so I think that's, that's the kind of stuff that gets me jazzed up. Anyway, okay, I'll stop preaching. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're right on it. I mean, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's like when Jesus extends his arm and bids me to come, I'm following him not, not to the same way I've been a million times. I don't need to follow him for that. I'm following him for the new way that he wants to take me. And that's, it, you know, therein lies the adventure. And that's what I, I just hope that our congregations and our leadership can can maybe use this as an opportunity now as we're thinking about, you know, this, the whole phrase, the new normal. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what that is. Is it even a new normal? No, I don't even know. it's not. It's just new. Just the abnormal <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I hope in all of our rambling, this is, uh, this has helped for pastors to think about 
What does it mean for our churches now as we're thinking about bouncing back, coming forward? It's not just about maintaining. It's not just about, oh, how are we going to have people back in our building? That Because that's occupying a lot of our brain space, right? But it's really, maybe we want to rethink what gathering looks like all together sure. anyway. Yeah, yeah. And survival has never been the goal of the church, right? Um, right. I, the goal of the church is that we would have a church here in the same place 20 years from now. That's not the goal of the church, right? Um, I mean, it's great. I hope we do. Um, that you know, I hope that's that's true. That our witness goes on into the future in this, you know, from this particular community in this place or whatever. But the the, the goal of the church is to partner with Jesus and His mission of love for the world, and so that's what we want to be after. And I think sometimes, and this is just the truth of it, when we get into survival mode. We get so inwardly focused. We we hold on too tight. We get scared of new ideas. We don't want to rock the boat. All the stuff that suffocates growth and and momentum and morale, survival is not a, a vision or a mission that is compelling. Uh, um, we might have been in survival mode for a little while, and maybe that was you know part of where we needed to be for a moment. But now it's time to keep keep moving forward. Let's go. We got this. All right. Let's hope uh, now that we're excited to go back out into the game, let's hope it lasts us at least one quarter. Well, to go just to, if you don't know the story, look up Frank Reich. Okay. Buffalo Bills, Frank Reich, Houston Oilers. Anyway, I don't know why that came to mind today, but it did. It was like the so greatest they, comeback ever. It was great. He was a second string quarterback. He wasn't even their starter. So anyway, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, everyone. Hey, I uh, hope that you're doing well out there. And again, um, we'd love to talk to you. You'd find us on Facebook, The Reclaim Leader. You could email us, jesse or jason at reclaimleader.com. Happy to have the conversation. And we'll be talking about this really through the month of July. And hopefully, uh, I'd love to get Pastor Brian on here to talk about the thinking that led to some of the, the missions that they're doing. But if not, that's okay. We'll just talk about him. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Jason, good work. Hope everybody's, you know, stay well out there, stay healthy, and keep leading through this time of change without losing your roots. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.